Probably on any other day, we'd be talking about Christian Yelich going for the cycle in yesterday's game against the Reds, but oh nay nay, the Bucs with a huge comeback in the fourth quarter against the Boston Celtics to take a 3-2 lead in their Eastern Conference semifinal matchup. That's what we're kicking things off with. Coming up next, the 414 Sports Podcast. Let's go. But instead, it's the 414 Sports Podcast, and it starts right now. Welcome in once again, everyone. This is the 414 Sports Podcast. I'm Don Wachillis. Thanks for logging in and joining us, whether you've done so on Spotify, Google, Apple, or any of the other five platforms that we currently reside on. Glad to have you with us as always. And if you wouldn't mind, hit that like and subscribe button. We definitely would appreciate it. So a huge day yesterday here in the 414 as the Bucks will now take a 3-2 lead in their Eastern Conference semifinal matchup against the Boston Celtics to the Pfizer Forum on Friday, a 6-30 tip. And it all came about because of a stirring comeback, just a huge comeback for the Bucks against Boston in Boston at the Garden. They get it 110-107. And as much as we want to talk about the Bucks and how they went about getting to this point where they could again take a series in six. There are a couple of things that obviously need to be pointed out about yesterday. Number one, how anybody outside of our beloved city, if you are a basketball fan and don't think Giannis right now is the best player in all of the NBA I would wonder how you were watching the games on television or in person. The way he will, at points, put this Milwaukee Bucks team on his back and will them almost to victory. You never hear Giannis complain. You never see him throw tantrums. He just plays to win. And sometimes, yes, you don't get the results that you hope for, but yesterday was another indication at times when the Bucks, being down by double digits needed a spark. And who do they turn to? They turn to their leader, and that's Giannis. And Giannis just put him on his back and said, let's go. And then once the momentum starts to go that's created by Giannis, then some of the others find themselves in positions to contribute, and they did exactly that. And we start with Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday, once again, two huge defensive plays down the stretch that once again helped seal the deal for the Milwaukee Bucks. Remember, it was Drew Holiday last year 
in that championship run against Phoenix with the steal, which led to the great dunk by Giannis, which sealed the game and sent it back to Milwaukee for the Bucks in six NBA championship victory at the Pfizer Forum. It was Drew Holiday with that steal. Yesterday, it came twice. It came both times against Marcus Smart, who is now the reigning NBA Defensive Player of the Year. A little bit of irony? I think so. But Drew Holiday on a play where Marcus Smart, by all of the different analytics and analysis that have been happening since the game ended, Marcus Smart getting the inbound pass was looking for the dish, and I believe it was a dish intended for Tatum, but because of the overplay that the Bucks implemented defensively, Smart then pulled it back in and drove to the basket. And if you get a chance to look at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, JS Online, there's a great picture, a great picture of Drew Holiday blocking that shot as Marcus Smart drove to the basket. Not only then does he block the shot, but he has the wherewithal to grab the ball, throw it off of Marcus Smart, which then gives the Bucks possession. Then at the end of the game, once again, Marcus Smart with the basketball, the Celtics have a chance to tie if they could make a three. Drew Holiday gets the steal. Once again, defensive play against the reigning defensive player of the year. It was, it was epic theater. Uh, a team, again, down 14 in the final quarter. You, you were starting to roll your eyes thinking, oh, my gosh, it, it, this is going to get really, really tough. And yet these guys, this team, continues to find a way. And there are points where they've almost given it away. Go back to game three. If that ball gets out of the fingertips just a split second earlier, then suddenly we're looking at a whole different scenario as far as the series went. But the fact that they were able to escape, the fact that they were able to once again go into the garden and get one, now you bring it back home to Pfizer Forum, and you know the place is going to be electric on Friday night. It will be a sight to behold as the Bucks again looking for an opportunity to seal this thing up. We're going to talk about some of the other NBA playoff matchups because we've had some strange things happening in other games. But before we get to that, one other person we have to talk about as well is Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis, once again, right place, right time. So Giannis misses a free throw. Marcus Smart, his name just keeps coming up. And unfortunately, he had a good game yesterday. Like, if you're a Boston Celtic fan, you have to – Love what Marcus Smart does for you on the basketball floor with the exception of, and I'll get to that in just a moment, but he went hard going after the miss from Giannis and in doing so cleared out some of his own team who were set to get the rebound and in doing so it left Bobby Portis right there to get the rebound in the putback which gave the Bucks the lead and if I'm not mistaken gave the Bucks the lead for the first time since early in the second quarter, if not late first quarter. But that whole momentum switch right there, that ended up being one of the key plays as the Bucks again went on 
to that victory. One other thing to comment about before we take a quick break and head into some of these other NBA playoff matchups, and that's, again, Marcus Smart, who is just all over the television this morning because of what happened late in the game. And it's unfortunate because of what he did for the better part of three and a half, if not three and three-quarter quarters, if, if that's such a phrase. He played extremely well. But Marcus Smart, again, has gotten into flop mode. Just if you see some of the memes that have been created by his over-exaggeration when Drew Holiday stole the ball in him trying to sell that there was contact and a foul, Marcus Smart has taken his theatrics to a different level as this playoff series has moved forward. And unfortunately, I think what it's doing for people outside of the Boston area who have watched Marcus Smart for the better part of this entire season, if not last, it's really taking away from how good of a player he is. He's making himself into a caricature by doing these over-exaggerated flops and and the ability with him and some of the others, him and Tatum yesterday, arguing seemingly with the refs almost on every single turn, and then being late getting back defensively has really taken Boston out of their element at certain points, and it was one of the key factors, again, as to why the Bucs were able to come from behind. So as we wrap it up and get ready for Friday's game with regards to this series, let me just throw some stats at you real quick before we take that break. And this all comes from the fourth quarter last night in that Game 5 matchup. The Bucks outscored the Celtics 33-21. to The Bucks went 6-for-6 six six from beyond the arc. And we've said it before on this podcast, when this Bucks team can hit from the perimeter, and this, this really, you could say this about any team that has a physical presence like we do in Milwaukee with Giannis on the block, when you can start hitting shots from the outside, that frees up a Giannis, a Bobby Portis, a Brooke Lopez to do damage in the paint. And that's exactly what happened. And the most surprising thing was that Giannis hit a three from the top of the key. That was one of those, when it when it was leaving his fingertips, you're like, no, what? Are, oh, good shot. That just, I know the reaction around this city and other fans around the country, that's exactly what it had to be. Like, what the mess are you? Great shot, good job, Giannis, that kind of a thing. But them going six for six from the three-point arc was pivotal. They out-rebounded the Celtics by eight, 14 to six, and the Bucks also got four steals in that fourth quarter. So a really nice all-around performance down the stretch by Milwaukee, putting them in position to win the series Friday night at home, Fiserv Forum, 6.30 is the tip, and you know the Deer District is going to be rocking. So with that, let's take a quick break. I want to come back and talk a little bit about some of the other matchups because we've seen some really strange things in some of these other NBA playoff matchups as far as series have gone, and we saw it once again last night, and we'll get to it right after this quick timeout.
All right, let's get back to the NBA playoffs. And upcoming on today's podcast, and I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, we're going to talk about the Milwaukee Brewers after we get through some more of this NBA playoff talk here. And then we'll also close things out with a little Packer information with regards to the schedule, the schedule being released this evening. Big spectacular, only the way the NFL can do it with a two-hour revealing of the schedule. But some games have been leaked out already, kind of teasing going into this evening's uh, two-hour extravaganza. So we'll talk about that. And, of course, as always, we'll close things out with a moment with Giannis. But there's some other things happening in and around the NBA that are almost inexplicable. Just the way some teams have failed to show up. Now, the Bucks trailing by 14, obviously getting the win. Even if they lost last night, they made a strong run. They were competitive, even being down double digits at various points in Game 5 against Boston, still finding a way to stay competitive. And yet you look at some of these other games that have taken place as of late. So Golden State... The other, the other day, the other week, uh, however long it has been, to take a 2-1 lead on Memphis, beat Memphis 142-112. So they beat them by 30. And I thought that was a bit of a travesty. And then the other night, we flop over to the Eastern Conference, and you see Miami beating Philadelphia 120-85. to And the only thing I can think of and I'm stealing this from Bart Hahn on ESPN Radio when he says South Beach is undefeated. The 76ers look like a playoff team that spent the night partying on South Beach. There, It was inexplicable to believe that a playoff team, the way Philadelphia had gotten themselves back in that series, back home in Philly, that they would show up and go ahead and lose by 35 and not look like they were in the game at all at any point. When the cameras are rolling during timeouts and Doc Rivers, who was mic'd up like they do with the coaches during these playoff runs, is imploring and pleading with his team to give effort. Now, we constantly hear that as professional athletes, they don't want to be coached like they did when they were amateurs. They know how to play the game. They're professionals. We need some schematics. We need some things from a technical standpoint to help us get to where we want to go. But we are professional athletes. We know how to show up. Well, somebody needed to tell the 76ers that because I thought the 76ers would give a better game than what they did against Miami. And this goes back to the last podcast when I said I would rather play Philadelphia than Miami should the Bucks be able to get out of this series with Boston. Why? Because Philly has these moments like they did the other night against Miami where they just don't show up. And so we talk about culture a lot, right? In sport, we talk about what a winning culture is. You better thank whoever in that Milwaukee Buck organization, how that has been put together and the type of culture that exists from not only Giannis and the rest of the team, but also within that front office. You don't get the drama that you get with other teams here in Milwaukee. 
It just doesn't exist. And I'm sure maybe that's why it bores some of the national media and one of the reasons why maybe they keep rooting for everybody but Milwaukee to win because there is a culture, a winning culture in Milwaukee without the drama. You'll find drama in a lot of these other cities that host these teams like Philly. You see it once in a while in Miami. You see it once in a while in Phoenix. But you don't get it here. And so to see the fact that Philadelphia, who had won the two at home, getting back into this thing, they get Joel Embiid back, and just to lay the egg that they did was was just disheartening. So you've got an opportunity here on this Thursday between Miami and Philadelphia as they get ready for game six of their series. If Philadelphia plays the way they did last time, it's Miami into the Eastern Conference Finals. If Philly can figure out the fact that they're in a playoff and they are in a now desperate situation where if they lose, they go home and maybe they find another gear, we might be able to see a game seven. Then you flip it and you look at Golden State and Memphis. Now, I talked about a moment ago how Golden State had beat Memphis to take a 2-1 lead in that series back on May 7th. But then last night in the game following Milwaukee, it was Memphis who obliterated Golden State. Just like Golden State didn't show up, and I, and I can't blame it on South Beach. Golden State just did not show up last night. There were points in the second half where Golden State was down by 55 points. That, that's the kind of thing you see when you open up the sports page on a Sunday morning or a Saturday morning, some high school team that got routed by 55, 60 points, and you're like, oh, my gosh, maybe there should have been a mercy rule. Maybe there should have been a mercy rule last night for the Golden State Warriors, again, who lost 134-95. The Warriors still have a 3-2 lead, so they can go back home and close things out. But I was just really dismayed the fact that you, again, have a perennial powerhouse in Golden State show up for a playoff game only physically. No effort, no execution, no you name it, no nothing. And so we'll see what happens with that. Also coming up today uh, as we put this podcast together, it's Phoenix and Dallas. Phoenix with a 3-2 lead over Dallas, so Dallas playing for their playoff lives again, just like Philadelphia is, and we'll see how things play out from there. It's just it's been a crazy series for as entertaining as this Bucks Boston series has been to see some of these other games with some of the lopsided scores where teams just apparently decided that we're going to take the night off in the middle of a playoff run is just a little bit baffling. All right, let's get off of basketball. Let's move into baseball. Our Brewers are struggling as of late, even though one of their key members had an unbelievable performance in Cincinnati yesterday, and we'll talk about it right after this. All 
All right, let's talk about our Milwaukee Brewers, who are struggling as of late as a team, but in the midst of those struggles, at least there is a spot to keep the glass half full with the former MVP and Christian Yelich. The Brewers yesterday fell to the Cincinnati Reds, losing the series in Cincinnati by losing yesterday's game 14-11, a crazy game, obviously, by the run scored, more of a football score than a baseball score, but the highlight coming out of yesterday's game was the fact that Christian Yelich hit for the cycle. He's now in a five-way tie because that was his third time in hitting for the cycle in his Major League career. He's now in a five-way tie, as I was saying, in all of Major League Baseball's history as far as the most cycles hit by a player. So one more time for Christian, and he puts himself in some rarefied air. So it's a great sign for Brewer fans because obviously Christian Yelich over the last couple of years has really struggled offensively coming off of his MVP performance. So you hope that these glimpses now early on this season are indications that Christian offensively will get back into that MVP form. Maybe not win the MVP, but get back to some of those numbers to help get this team once again moving forward. We're in a position right now, that being the Brewers, where we've seen them lose two series in a row, and going into the series in Atlanta, they had only lost one series all season, and we took out the San Francisco game, which was a one-game oddity, so to speak, that took place at American Family Field because of the strike. It was a game thrown in. It was a one-game affair between the Brewers and the Giants. The Brewers lose to the Giants. Giants hit the road. But other than that, the only series they had lost going into Atlanta was the opening series against the Cubs, and now suddenly they've lost two in a row. You kind of understood. We we talked about it in the last podcast with Atlanta. Atlanta right now a really good team, showing why they won the World Series last year. And so as we were saying Again, in in the previous podcast, it's one of those benchmark series where you're kind of getting a feel as to where you are um, at this point of the year and where you hope to be. And so what we saw was a Brewer team that struggled a little bit against Atlanta and has some work to do to kind of get to that level of play so they can make a deep run in the playoffs. And you thought going into Cincinnati – it would be a way to get healthy. Obviously, Christian Yelich did by hitting for the cycle yesterday. But you thought as a team, this was going to be one of those series where once again you can get healthy because the Reds, after yesterday's win now, still own the worst record in all of baseball at 7-24. and And yet they took 2-3 from Milwaukee. So now Milwaukee continues their road trip. They have to head to Florida to take on the Marlins. Hopefully, South Beach won't be undefeated with regards to the Milwaukee Brewers like what it did to the Philadelphia 76ers. But we've got to get the ship moving again in the right direction. And we said it's it's a marathon, and these things are going to happen, but you can't allow them to happen in long stretches, obviously. So, okay, we've lost two series. Now let's get a series against the Marlins. Let's take a couple there and then, again, start winning series and putting them and stacking them uh, as far as the win column goes because by the end of the year, it looks as if the way things are going to play out when you're talking about Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and Chicago, 
you're not really too concerned as far as the Central goes. We still always, always seemingly have to be concerned with the St. Louis Cardinals because they, they, as I said before, a lot like Michigan State and college basketball, once you get into August, September, they find ways to win, and all of a sudden they start making a run where you could have had you know, an eight-game lead going into September, and suddenly two weeks into September you start looking at the standings and realize you're only a game or a game and a half up. So you, you want to start stacking up wins and start burying these teams in the NL Central as quickly as possible to give you a little bit of wiggle room going down that stretch in September. So we've said it before, we can't get completely worked up about losing a series or losing back-to-back series because we're still only in the month of May. We haven't even hit Memorial Day yet. But you don't want these habits to continue. Winning is a habit losing is a habit you'd much rather have a winning habit as opposed to what the altar is and again the brewers now heading to florida for a series with the marlins on the other side of this break we're going to talk about the nfl and again the schedule being released tonight in a big two-hour extravaganza on the nfl network and espn But some games have been leaked already, and so we know some opponents and some big opponents that are going to be playing at Lambeau Field. We'll talk about it in just a sec. All right, let's talk about our beloved Green Bay Packers. As we've been saying, the schedule, the complete schedule, being released today as we're putting this podcast together on Thursday, May 12th, with a big two-hour show this evening on ESPN and the NFL Network. But bits and pieces have been released, and then people start to look at the things that have been released and start penciling in who's playing where and what. Many a times, you kind of have an idea even before – this takes place as far as the show, the reveal show uh, this evening. But we do know there are a couple of games in the books. And then there's a third that broke this morning that has not really been confirmed yet. So we'll talk about that one on the tail end. The first, as we know, will be the fact that the Packers are heading to Europe for the first time, and they'll take on the New York Giants, and that will happen on October 9th. So the Packers, I believe, are the final team now to play overseas. Uh, Everybody else in the league has, but uh, now Green Bay will get that opportunity again taking on the Giants. The other one that has been confirmed is the fact that Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys will be coming to Lambeau Field. That's a 325 game on Fox on November 13th. So Mike McCarthy will make his return to Green Bay on November 13th. And talk about two teams that have a ton of question marks going into this upcoming season. It's the Cowboys and the Packers. So seeing that matchup on the schedule has got a lot of people talking already. The other thing that was released but not yet confirmed, and we'll see whether or not it's true or not, Uh, later today or into this evening is the fact that there was a report 
this morning that the Rams would be coming to Lambeau Field, and I believe it was in December when that story was leaked out. But again, that one hasn't been confirmed, so we'll hold on that particular one. But the potential of the Super Bowl champs coming into Lambeau in December. Now, that used to put, I think, the fear of the Almighty into people because we know what life can be like in December at Lambeau Field. But we've also seen how Aaron Rodgers has done in cold weather as of late, especially in the playoffs. So I I just wonder if the mystique has worn off a little bit. The shine isn't quite as bright as it used to be for teams coming into Lambeau late November, early December, or into January as it used to be. But it is at least one thing to keep an eye on. And so once the schedule is released today, we'll look at some key games in our next podcast. Before we get out of here today, want to thank you once again for joining us on the podcast. Again, hit that like or subscribe button. We would definitely appreciate it. Uh, it will be a lot of fun tomorrow night, again, 6.30, as the Bucks try to do what we do best, that's Bucks and Six, and close out the Boston Celtics and move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. And, of course, as we like to do nowadays, before we get out of here, let's enjoy a moment with Giannis. Take care, everybody. Take your time. You know, after contact, you're catching your breath. Is that is that just a, a, a breathing technique? Are you trying to clear your head? Like, what's when you're taking that moment that after contact? So there's a whistle, and you're, you know, I, I guess for like right word on your back on the court. Is that just a breathing exercise? Is that a way to? Are you just kind of checking, make sure you feel you feel okay? Like, what's what's kind of that those those stolen seconds, if you will, feel? Laying bed, and I'm like, did I, did I lift the the door? The door of the fridge open. You know, did I did I close it? Um, yeah, close it. Yeah, yeah. So I get up. You know, other times I lay there. I'm like, oh, what that jokes I'm gonna say tonight? Uh, I don't know. I don't have any. But you know, I'm just just laying there, man. It's just it's just basketball. It's something that I've been doing since I was a kid. Uh, and I don't know. I, I cannot explain. It. I just I just lay there. <laughs>